This the remix. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's looped out to right field. You change the subject real quick on that loop out to right field. I'm just describing the action. Pretty sure we don't have a seven-second delay, so. Ooh. Oh, without a doubt, you know. And that's the thing that I've been fortunate enough. I've had co head coaches since I've been in the league. Um, Coach Belichick, uh, Matty P, um, Mark Smith, and Josh McDaniels. Um, they all, you know, they let their players speak out on what they believe in. So I'm very thankful to have those four head coaches that let me be me and speak out for what I believe in. Do you think they've slayed the dragon and now it's just a matter of, uh, of cooking up some, some supper? Ooh, music soul child, just friends. There we go. All right now, so everybody here is invited. You know what I'm saying? Y'all bring the cameras. Y'all bring whatever y'all need. And we working on a date. Um, it was supposed to. It was supposed to be the end of October, but I think we're gonna push it back to sometime in like early December. So y'all, y'all got the invite right now. All right, so I'm letting y'all know right now. You just crushed my dreams. Boom, sadness. That's the one. Jared, you want to use the text line more? Yes. Yes. I also, I also want to use my mic more. All right. Our text line is 69187. We normally use it for fantasy football questions during the football season. Well, I think that's what we do really well is we direct them, go to the text line with your fantasy football questions, make the first bite something like, hey, you have thoughts. Give us your first bite thoughts on the text line. Text line. It's so this is the way it, it works. You text to the number 69187. But before whatever you type in your message, you have to type in ESPN. So put in those four letters, ESPN, and then whatever you want to say on the text line and send it to 69187. That's the text line. Uh, we will do a better job promoting it on the air, Jared. ESPN. I don't listen to you guys, then. How do you know you're supposed to text? <laughs> yeah, I, my, I will say genuinely, really? my favorite, at least Twitter responses are always, you guys are terrible. How do you know? Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Um, we do need to give an update to our poll. Will Darren Waller be at more Aces games or Raiders practices this week? 59% of people say he will be at more Aces games than Raiders practices this week. Yeah. Uh, like I said, today's a non-media availability, so we won't see. Then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they there'd be no availability because it's the day before the game. So two aces games, he'd have to go Thursday, Friday at practice, like see him. I don't think we see him. The big, I think, I think he's, he's okay. You asked Mark Davis, what game does he go to? Darren Waller's got to go to the aces game. <laughs> right? Vested interest in the aces? Yes. He's got to go to the aces game. I mean, game. it's still, it's still that new of a relationship where it's like, yeah, man, you got to show up. <laughs> He's dating Kelsey Plum for anybody that's not picking up what these two are. Has that been here. has that been yeah, confirmed? Is that official or confirmed? Think, I'm not saying that didn't, didn't come Willie from me. Didn't Willie Ramirez confirm it? I'll take his reporting on the matter. Willie texted six nine one eight seven. Preface with ESPN. If if Darren Waller is not playing on Sunday, he should be at the Aces game. He would never be. If I was Josh McDaniels, I would allow that to happen. He would? Well, okay. If he's holding out for a new contract, then maybe no. not. He'll be at the Aces game anyways because he's holding out. But if if Darren Waller is just like getting some time off because he's got some minor injury and you're not going to play him in the preseason game anyway, I don't need you on the sideline watching Jared I don't think he, throw passes. Well, he didn't travel to Canton, so he wasn't there. Yeah. I don't need you there. 
you, we, we'll watch film on Monday. Like, it's fine. <laughs> watch film on Monday. Right. Like, we'll figure That's <laughs> fine. He should be at the Aces game. Foster Moreau's time to shine. It Foster is. Foster Moreau. It, yes, Whatever. Right. Get it right, Jared. <laughs> I Darren haven't Waller, talked to his dad. <laughs> if he's not playing, should be at the Aces game. Just like Mark Davis. Cancel the preseason game. The entire team. I think you have a better chance of Davis than uh, Darren Wally. He's the boss. How awkward would I mean? Not awkward, but how like weird would it be if Mark Davis, like an hour before kickoff, is there with Derek Carr and all like the the entire (laughs) Adams, none of all the guys, all the guys who aren't starting this game are all just sitting there, and then they're like, "Eh, you know what? Let's just stay. If I'm Derek Carr or Devontae Adams or Max Crosby, one of these guys that's not going to play, where would I rather be? Watching the Aces finish out the regular season, maybe getting the one seed, Sue Bird's last regular maybe season game, slice? or Jarrett Stidham and Nick Mullins. I mean, it's not like I you're not going to have to watch. Where you'd rather be and where you will be are two different things. Well, but you're going to watch that film anyway. Exactly. On Monday. No, yeah, you're, you're going to have to watch it, it anyway. It's Jarrett Stidham. You're not going to watch it. Well, okay, but also, you need to see it from the, like, above angle, or at least from, like, Stidham's perspective to learn anything. <laughs> yeah, you like, want to be on the sideline. On the sideline, you're Stidham. just like, I don't know, I kind of saw something. To me, this is, a, this is an easy answer. I need to find I'm, the Glenn on. I'm at the Aces games, and if I'm Carr, I'm walking into McDaniel's office being like, listen, we're going to the Aces game. <laughs> we're going. You gave me the contract already. I don't have to meet you for dinner anymore for that. We're going to the Aces game. Where would you go if you're Derek Carr? Text 69187, <laughs> preface ESPN. <laughs> to me, I don't know. That seems like an easy answer. Why would you need to be on the sideline? Waller's the only one you have a chance with, and he's going to go to the football game. Yeah, he is, but it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's a ridiculous choice. Absolutely ridiculous. Mark Davis should require... Darren Waller? He should require the guys not playing to go to the Aces game. Ah, that's a good one. The owner should require That's a good it. one. Yes. What would McDaniel? Well, I don't know. It's his boss. McDaniels might say, okay, well, I got to follow the boss's orders. Yeah. I mean, he might be like, didn't they win that Commissioner's Cup already? They're still playing? <laughs> he might be a little confused. <laughs> Wait a minute. I stood up in front of the uh, media and congratulated them. I thought them. they won the championship they won like it. a month ago. But, yeah, I mean... In all seriousness, if you're Josh McDaniels, what do you, what do you need Derek Carr or Darren Waller to do on Sunday? I have the sound of. Glenn Ahan. Let's go. What Take is that? that, Arizona. Take that, Cardinals. I mean, I know what that is. Why? That's 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 all. That's that's what you need Derek Carr there to hype up Stidham. No. <laughs> so take that. You don't need that. He needs to go hype up the Aces instead. Take that, Arizona. <laughs> take would. that. Yeah, take that, Vikings. Take that. <laughs> Take that, Vikings. Right. You don't need that. They should all be at the... Mark Davis should require it. That's what I would do if I was Mark Davis. Not only would I be at the Aces game, I'm requiring the guys who aren't playing. Star-studded. That'd be a star-studded crowd if all those guys were there. Absolutely. Guess what? Game one of the playoffs, you're also there. I don't care. Well, not that. I could see him mandating. I I I have no idea when they play the playoffs. I mean, it's it's usually there's a lot of weekday games in WNBA playoffs, so he could mandate that. Well, they. I mean, the good news is at least there's not that weird like double buy game thing anymore. Is there? No, no. It's they they go straight into one verse eight. Okay, thank thank God, because that was Uh, very confusing. Round one would be next a week from today. Game, oh. game ones would be it's an Wednesday, easy one. Wednesday and Thursday next week. It's an easy one to mandate yeah. that. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. You're gone. By the way, you know the WNBA playoff format, so they changed it. Now, the the first round is a three-game series. Games one and two are at the higher seed. Game right. three is at the lower seed. So if you if you I mean if you're the one if the aces let's say they play it the dream in the first round they'd be they, in Atlanta if there's a game three if they split the two here in Vegas they've got to go to Atlanta for a deciding of, uh, game three I don't know I think for three I would take the baseball angle and let the number one seed have I all think, three at home I think I would too the only the you're going only, on the road for a deciding game and you're the number one seed the only reason I'd argue against it is because like this year the four and the five seed are both very good. And in that in that scenario, the four seed it, would get all three. Right. Is it fair for the five seed to have to play all three games at the four seed if they finish like one game behind them? I still think I'd be OK with it. I think I'd be OK with it with like baseball's doing this year where well, the wild the card, three game three. series, all three are at one ballpark. Right. I'd be perfectly down for that. So I think but I kind of like the intrigue of, hey, after last night, they could lose one of the right. Two. It, that, hey, you have you better take care of business in your two home games. Or you're on or, the road for the clincher. Yeah. Fun. Ouch. Yeah. I the mean, one eight upset. Yeah. I mean, how many is this the only time in sports where the better team? I mean, would have especially to play, a one seed would have to play the deciding yeah. game on the road. On the road? Can't even think of it anymore. If yeah. you're the one seed, how's that possible? Oh, how much? How much is Mark Davis going to complain if they get bounced in the first round because yes. game three is in Atlanta or whoever they end up playing? And they're going to be late getting there because Southwest is oh. going to be late. And the, the whole airplane situation. Phenomenal. And, I ho- I kind of hope it happens just to hear that. Only half the team arrives yeah. on time. Actually, bring back Lambeer because he would definitely yes. complain oh, about Lambeer. that. Oh, Lambeer. If you told Lambeer, who played in the <laughs> league and won those championships, that you did so well this year that you're the number one seed, but if you split those two, you're on the road for the final? <laughs> for the final game of a series? That would be there'd be some awesome quotes off that. Will, will Becky Hammond complain about it? Yeah, I can't remember her complaining about too much this year, other than her own players' play, other like, than her own team's defense. Like she'll rip them, but like I can't recall her complaining much about a ref. I or, would or something like that if I was her. Yeah, I would. Too. If I'm the number one seed, I'm on the road in the clincher. I'd be like, uh, wait a minute, what the hell's going on here? It's a great format. I'm very excited for this format because some somebody's going home. One of the top four seeds. That's just is going in the home. threes, though, right? Because yeah, fives yeah. are going two, two, one. Yeah, when they get to five, it's normal, and and you're for, that's for the semis and the finals is a normal five game series. So it's not some weird. You get four at home, and then <laughs> that would be <laughs> game great. five on the road. That'd be great <laughs> if you don't take care of it at home. Game, game five, five on, on the road, road against Chicago. Which Good actually, luck. I think if I was if I was the higher seed and it was a five game series, and you gave me four at home, and but if it goes to five, I'm on the road. I'm taking that. Uh, you give me four at home, and you only have to win three. You got to win three of them. I need to go three yeah. and one at home to avoid game five on the yeah, road. I think I'm taking that. that. I would take four straight games at home. Yeah. Can you imagine if you got four straight games at home? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what a crazy what? format! You getting two, and then you're on the road. So, and that, that's the other part. Like that because of that series, you're in a three game series. You're not guaranteed a home game. If you're the five through eight seed, like you can make the playoffs, no, be in a playoff both, series. You're not, a, you don't get a home game. And if you, you lose both. You might yeah. not get a home game because if you lose two on the road, yeah, you're you done. don't get it at home. So you don't even get the revenue from one home game where, you know, and I understand why they did it. Cause a three game series, you're going to, if you did one, 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 no you'd be, with their travel, right. You'd no. be, yeah, that'd be stupid. No. They'd all have to be delayed because yeah. everybody didn't get to, nobody their, got to the site, right. but that would be. A ridiculous setup. It's the same reason why baseball, when they do the three-game series this year, it's going to be all at one part. Yeah, because and those guys charter. Yeah, because but in baseball they just like we'll play every day. We don't need days off. Right. So 
we're going to really play one, one, one. We're going to go from <laughs> one off day one off day one. Like, there's a chance Toronto and Seattle meet up in the uh, postseason. Can you imagine a one, one, one format oh, where man. they go from Toronto to Seattle? <laughs> oh, my God. Multiple times for a three game series. Isn't It'd be like, ridiculous. Isn't Seattle like technically closer to Russia than it is like parts of the United Probably. States? There's a good chance it is. So Toronto and you also potentially could have Atlanta and San Diego as a matchup, but. They'd well, all be in Atlanta, yeah, unfortunately. It'd be, Atlanta. it'd be hilarious if they weren't. It'd be hilarious if they had a 1-1-1 format and Atlanta-San uh, Diego played and Seattle-Toronto played. And they were you'd going have, back and forth you'd through, have, well, through different countries. Right. Never mind back and forth through this country. You'd have the most ridiculous travel schedule for a three-game wildcard <laughs> series you've ever seen. You'd be like, we're doing what again? We've traveled more in the postseason than we did in the regular season. And we only played three games. All right, coming up next, it's Bischoff's Briefs. We seen the evidence. She was very clear about the evidence. Uh, she reinforced the evidence that there was multiple violations here, and they were egregious, and it was predatory behavior. That's those are things that we felt um, we always felt were really important for us to address. Call Sam at Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit their website, samandashlaw.com. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. Good morning. How are Hello. you guys today? Good morning. Great to be with you. <laughs> you guys I can't too. get over that we come into Miley Cyrus. <laughs> Jared's Jared's very happy about that. That was this your too. request. Jared's, Jared's very Jared <laughs> monitors was? you your reaction to whatever song he plays for you guys and then tries to emulate that for in the future. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. You did not enjoy a song that was called Call My Lawyer. So I literally <laughs> was like, all right, we gotta we gotta find something else. Okay, well, here we are. So Sam and Ash with us. The first topic we want to get into is the PGA Tour versus the Live Golf Tour, where you had Phil Mickelson, 11 total golfers are suing the PGA Tour. Now, there's two different things going on. The first one was a couple of the guys were trying to seek a restraining order so that they could play in some PGA Tour events. Yesterday, a judge shot that down, did not give a restraining order so that guys could play in the uh, FedEx Cup playoffs on the PGA Tour. The other part of it is an antitrust lawsuit, and the judge basically kicked that to the future saying, well, we could do it in 2023, or it might not even happen until 2025. So can you walk me through first the um, restraining order idea like, why would players that left the PGA Tour to sign with a different tour think they could get a restraining order to go back to the PGA Tour? Yeah, so right now what you're looking at is the restraining order is trying to create an immediate reaction, immediate effect, immediate change, because what they're saying is, look, we don't believe the PGA Tour's position and suspension of all of us is valid and legal. And by upholding it and waiting for our lawsuit to play out, we're going to be harmed. And that harm is by not being able to play in the upcoming FedEx playoffs. And so what a, a restraining order does is it pauses the, the conduct. It says, no, you have to let them play and you can't uphold the suspension until this lawsuit plays out and we figure out if it's legal or not, or if there are antitrust violations or not. And so that's what the, the reason behind the the temporary restraining orders that these players want to be able to play in the FedEx cup. And that's the only way to go about it. If he's kicking it to 23 or 25, 
I guess is that a scheduling thing? Is that him not taking thinking it's that serious? I mean, how many how good a chance of winning this lawsuit do the golfers have if if it's being delayed to that point? Well, I don't think that has anything to do with the merits of the case. It's not unusual, especially right now. Courts are are backed up, to be perfectly honest, which is why, you know, again, a lot of times you, you want to, and we do this uh, with with our clients, is we try to get the best possible deal you can in settlement, and 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 avoid trial because it's just it's far off. So um, that that's not. I wouldn't read into this as. As as having any kind of uh, being of any kind of a measure of the of the outcome or the likelihood of 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 the of the plaintiffs prevailing here, not at all. Can you guys walk us through? I know we've talked about it before with Major League Baseball, but just what exactly does the antitrust lawsuit mean? Like, what exactly are they trying to argue, saying uh, that there's an antitrust lawsuit against the PGA Tour? Well. I, it's really simple. They're saying the PGA is restricting competition, and that's what Liv is. Liv is a competitive league, and the PGA is trying to restrict that competition by forcing players to pick the PGA or pick Liv. And Liv's saying that's not legal. You can't do that. In in our country, we're supposed to be able to enhance competition and, and have this open market. I know it's not the exact same as, like, jobs that everyday people have but is that not arguing hey i should be able to work for two competitive companies at the same time well but imagine these are the imagine the company number one has been around from the very beginning and and as has no competition and all of a sudden there is another competitor that comes along the first competitor real competitor that comes along and they say you have to pick and choose and these aren't necessarily you know, I would argue that the the stars themselves, these athletes, um, golfers, are are not like regular, you know, employees like you or I when we show up to work. We're we're these are these are folks that are themselves assets and currency in the marketplace. Mm. That is, you know, it, are these tours right? Are these yeah. are these competitions? So yeah. Y- you know they're an, they're assets that are being restricted by one so that the other can't have them and that i think is a violation of current antitrust law in the united states i could see this lawsuit prevailing and one of the critical distinction is unlike other professional sports leagues there's no owners here there's the league and then there are these independent contractors as they're labeled by the tour there's no there's no owners of teams there's no employees there's no contracts they just have these members of the pga tour so that's the big difference they're not employees of the pga tour that are being told you can't compete you can't participate in a competitor's league they're allegedly independent contractors and in the law the distinction is very very important we one of the most popular arguments we dealt with in the last five years is the distinction of whether uber drivers are employees of uber or they're independent contracted drivers that just happen to use Uber's platform. So that's, I think, something that the PGA Tour might look at changing. And, and by the way, if, if Uber suddenly said, you cannot work for Lyft, right, as a driver, you got to pick or choose, you can't work for both, that would be a, a major grounds for saying the person's actually an employee and you've got control. And, and so it, it just, they're raising a whole host of problems with this that in the future actually could create more legal headache for them beyond just the antitrust suit. Uh, topic two, a hearing for the battery case involving Saints running back Alvin Kamara and Chiefs cornerback Chris, Chris Lemons. Transition. Transition. And two other defendants <laughs> have been pushed back to September 29th, according to court records. Third time the hearing has been pushed back. 
Uh, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler said Kamara could be facing uh, suspension under the personal conduct policy. Let me ask, because Sam, you just said this, uh, the courts are pushed back. This is now a third time, multiple times. What other reasons would there be other than the court? The courts are, are, are too backed up. Are there other reasons of why this would continue to be pushed back? Well, this is a criminal case, so you, you have a you have a right to a constitutional right to a speedy trial. So, the, and that's actually why civil cases, uh, which the previous case is a civil case, they're suing for injunctive relief and money. Um, I, I look, I, I I that's you know I, I there's a host of reasons, Tr- courtroom availability. Uh, could could a prosecutor, you know, one of the one of the lawyers on either side be be sick or have a wedding or, or whatnot? So it's not unusual to have things pushed back. Again, um, what happens is though is if if a case gets unreasonably delayed in the criminal system, you, you defend, the defendant's attorney, the defense can argue that they did not get a speedy trial and can have the case dismissed. So there's there's uh, you know there's far more necessity constitutionally to move forward with a criminal case. Than there is with a civil case. So, I'll, I, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to point out that that right to a speedy trial that's held by the defendant. So here, Alvin Kamara and his buddies, they have that right to that speedy trial, and it's theirs to invoke. But they can also say, you know what, we're waiving it, and we're going to kick these hearings down the road. One of the common reasons is they're trying to get evidence that helps their case, and it takes them longer and or they're trying to hope evidence goes away for whatever reason so that's why you'll see in a criminal system defendants can sit in jail or sit if they're released on their own recognizance then they're not going to care because the case isn't impacting them on their day-to-day life and so they'll yeah push the hearing out push the hearing out until they get sick of us and they offer us a good plea deal those are some of the things that you consider so outside of the actual court of law the nfl side of this things the 60 getting pushed back 60 days means this is not going to happen until after the season starts there's largely been the assumption that Cal- Alvin Kamara will get suspended for this do you if you were the NFL if you were in their position would you still suspend Alvin Kamara before this actually plays out in court or would you simply wait and then potentially suspend him halfway through the season or maybe even it's next season before you actually uh, give him any punishment well it depends what evidence the NFL has to to basically impose that punishment and if I was the NFL I wouldn't uh, but you know they deal with different public pressures and but I realistically if I don't if I have the same evidence as a prosecutor and Kamara's team says they're working to get contradictory evidence that helps their defense then as the NFL you don't do any good by yourself by going ahead and suspending him if later on the charges against him the criminal charges get dropped. I do have one question on John Gruden's lawyer. We haven't had any uh, new updates on his case or anything like that, but his lawyer did talk last week. And one of the things I was curious about and wanted to get your opinion on is his lawyer basically came out and said, John Gruden is infinitely wealthy. And the irony of this lawsuit is that everyone says he'll make a fortune. He doesn't really need the money. When you hear that quote from a lawyer, do you believe his lawyer is basically saying, hey, he doesn't need the money. He's going to try to take this court case as long as far as he can to, like, prove his side of the story. Or is that his lawyer just trying to put that out there so that the other side thinks, oh, we really need to pay this guy a lot of money to get this to go away? 
Yeah, I think it's uh, it can be posturing, certainly true. Um, uh, a lot of times lawyers will say that kind of thing. We don't need it. We don't need a certain outcome here. I believe the lawyer 100% because I know it to be true. Uh, Gruden actually lives pretty modestly. He's got a ton of money in the bank. I know people that know him. Uh, this is this is a, a fact. He is out for blood. He wants uh, he he wants Roger Goodell's scalp, or he wants to be uh, wants to be vindicated and wants his name cleared. Uh, for him, that's what it's all about. So I would, if I were if if I were the NFL, I've said this over and over again. I I were Goodell. I would fear this lawsuit like nothing else because they have a nuclear-tipped missile aimed right at them. And I, I, I think once discovery begins and they start to unearth documents, emails, communications going back and forth in the NFL related to this and other complaints like this, it's going to be a disaster and could in fact spell the end of Roger Goodell. I, I believe that strongly. So this is a, this is a big deal. I actually believe, believe his lawyer. All right, before we let you go, you guys like Wrecking Ball by Miley Cyrus, or you want Jared to try something else next week? Mix I it love up, it. Jared. It works. It oh, works. It works so well for Ashley. I am um, a huge fan. Of course. Awesome. <laughs> All right, I'll go with Hannah Montana. <laughs> <laughs> it's Salmon Ash, SalmonAshLaw.com, 702-820-1234. As always, guys, we appreciate it. Thanks, you guys. Thanks. What did Great I do to be to with you, you, Jared? What did I do to you? <laughs> So there is Sam and Ash again, 702-820-1234, SamandAshLaw.com. I lied last time going to break. Now coming up next, it's Bischoff's Briefs. Bischoff's Briefs. When life gives you lemons, don't make lemonade. Make life take the lemons back. Bischoff's Briefs. Get mad. I don't want your damn lemons. What am I supposed to do with these? Bischoff's Briefs. Demand to see life's manager. Bischoff's Briefs. Do you know who I am? I'm the man who's going to burn your house down with the lemons. All right, Bischoff's Briefs today. I'm going to do something we generally avoid a little bit because it's something that not everybody's always interested in. But Bischoff's Briefs is about the media side of Kevin Durant's ultimatum. So Bischoff's Briefs, there's two main players in this story. Sham Sharnia and Adrian Wojnarowski, the two primary newsbreakers in the NBA. So who broke the story of Kevin Durant telling the Nets owner that he had to choose between Kevin Durant or the general manager and head coach? That's Sham Sharnia. So if you take Sham Sharnia, there was an interesting clip of him on a television show called The Rally. And on that show, Sham Sharnia said, this is Kevin Durant giving an opportunity for Joseph Tsai to make a decision with his organization. Sham Sharnia with a straight face said that Kevin Durant was being gracious and giving an opportunity to the Nets to fire their head coach and general manager. Basically, the only human being on earth that would believe that is Kevin Durant, right? Nobody else views this as an opportunity for the Brooklyn Nets. They view it as Kevin Durant trying to break up the Brooklyn Nets, except Kevin Durant. And so when Sham Sharnia says that with a straight face, the only logical assumption there is that Kevin Durant or his agent is his source, and he is now just giving out Kevin Durant talking points as though they are his own, right? That is Sham Sharnia 
taking not throwing away his opinion and expressing Kevin Durant's opinion as his own, right? And this makes it pretty clear that he's getting his information straight from Kevin Durant or his agent. And the interesting part about Sham Sharnia is that he reports the news, right? And I don't think there's much of a problem with having a close relationship with Kevin Durant, agents, and all that. That's his job is to report that news. The interesting part is when Sham Sharnia jumps onto the opinion side of it. When Sham Sharnia starts to give opinions on news in the NBA, because I don't think you can trust it because he got his news from Kevin Durant. So when you ask him his opinion on this and he says something ridiculous, like Kevin Durant's giving the Nets an opportunity, that's a ridiculous thing to say. He's very clearly not giving his own opinion. He's giving the opinion of Kevin Durant. So anytime that Sham Sharnia is giving an opinion, it's fair to question where exactly that opinion's coming from. Yeah. Who's his source of information, and is that why it's out there? And, by the way, if you're Kevin Durant or his agent, that's exactly why you give Sham Sharnia that information. Because you know, not only is he going to report it the way you want it, when he gets asked his opinion on things, he's also going to give it the way Kevin Durant right. wants it to be out there. Now, that report is so ridiculous that it doesn't catch on. But a lot of times, it's a lot more subtle than that. Right, The NFL has this problem too. Adam Schefter, obviously, the whole John Gruden email leaks. There's one of Adam Schefter asking for permission from a source if his story is okay. Basically, get called his source Mr. Editor. Right, So this, this happens in other sports. A lot of times, it's a lot more subtle than eh, Kevin Durant's giving them an opportunity. It's pretty bad. It's not very transparent. You should be pretty skeptical of guys that break seem to break news all the time what their actual opinion is. But the funnier part of this story from the media side is what Adrian Wojnarowski and ESPN did. Adrian Wojnarowski got beat to this story. Adrian Wojnarowski did not break this story. He did not tweet about this one time. ESPN as a news outlet did not publish a story about Kevin Durant telling the owner he had to choose between Kevin Durant or the head coach and GM until six hours after Sham Sharnia's story. And the reason they waited six hours is because they waited to get a statement from the owner, Joseph Tsai. And once they got a statement from the owner, that's the way they framed it. Here's what the owner said. They ignored this as long as possible. And the theory here, Ethan Strauss wrote about this on his blog. The theory here is that Adrian Wojnarowski and Sham Sharnia are effectively rivals when it comes to breaking news. Right, when it comes to news. And when Sham Sharnia has a scoop that Adrian Wojnarowski does doesn't not have. have, Adrian Wojnarowski pretends like that news story doesn't exist. And amazingly, got ESPN to go along with it too because they waited six hours until Joseph Tsai said something. You're not surprised in any of Before that. they reported it. And so the other part of that that's interesting, other than just ignoring it, is it also makes it pretty clear that Adrian Wojnarowski is simply reporting, his source is simply reporting from the owner or the GM side of this, right? Sean Marks or Joseph Tsai himself, and that he does not have a good relationship or an in with Kevin Durant and his agent like Shams does. And that to me, I know it's, it's, I try not to do a lot of, you know, the media stuff on here because most of the time people don't care. It's just, eh, we care about the players and the actual games. But I find, I found this one extremely fascinating. Well, it's a slippery slope on the whole agents and players. Yeah. There's no question about that yeah. because I know a lot of people who deal with agents all the time and his mouthpiece a strong word. Uh, Sh- strong not, word. not for Sham Sharnia. Right. The guy went on TV and said, this is an opportunity for the Nets. 
right. to fire their head coach. coach their the opportunity presented to them was, hey, fire your head coach and yeah. general manager. Um, that, you're, you're a mouthpiece if you're saying that okay. out loud with a straight face. The other thing is, let me ask you, six hours is a long time. We've talked about this in the past, you and I, in terms of, I mean, most outlets I know, because people get mad when they're not given um, credit for breaking stories. Right. Uh, and the outlet will say, we tell our people to confirm the report before we write anything or say anything. We're not giving credit to anyone. Uh, well, they won't say that out loud. That's what the, the, the you know, I, I know people, the yeah. organization you're talking about, they've told me that. It's like, no, we have to confirm it. And then our report is, we have confirmed this and not, hey, this guy broke this story. Right. I don't know if it happened here. Six well, hours is a long time. So the interesting part on the way ESPN did this is, first off, the byline, so who wrote the story, was just like ESPN News, News services. services. There was no like writer attributed to this. And the way they framed it was not about Kevin Durant telling the owner, choose me or the head coach yeah. and the GM. The way they framed it was around the owner's statement. So they didn't even, I mean, they did in their story, they did write, the athletic broke this first or whatever. So they did give credit to the athletic okay, eventually. Right. Okay. But the way they framed it was not around the actual demand from Kevin Durant. The way they framed it was around the owner backing the uh, GM and the head coach. So they they waited six hours, which, by the way, is an eternity. It's a long time. That is an eternity in news media. Well, and within six hours, I'm just saying, now, Joseph Sy is a really busy man, so who knows where he is or what he's doing. He could be on a plane somewhere. But that's a long wait for Woj not to be able to get to him. Right. And and again, the byline was not Woj. It was not an Adrian Wojnarowski story. Now, was he a part of it? Maybe. They didn't say. He might have been the one that wrote it and just said, don't put my name on it because right. Sham Sharnia broke this story and I don't want to be anywhere. I don't want any sort of admittance that I got beaten by Sham Sharnia with my name on it. So one of the things that I remember when... Dan Lebetard left ESPN. One of the things that he like kind of revealed in the background was they purposely on certain stories would be like, yeah, let TMZ break that. Yeah, we already got it. We have it first, but let TMZ break it and we'll reference TMZ breaking it. So that way we look like, well, we're not gross. We're not d- oh, digging through. We're not take, getting the, the video of the offensive line coach snorting cocaine and talking to a, lo- a Nevada model. We're not gross, but TMZ is, so let's talk about it. <laughs> That's pretty good. Keep your image up. Yeah, we're not breaking those stories. We so break, I, we find, I find it industry, inter, interesting that they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The Athletic, everybody just pause for a while. <laughs> so my main point here is that, to keep it NBA-wise, but you can apply it to all sports and people you, you follow that cover teams or, or sports, Sham Sharni and Adrian Wojnarowski are spectacular at breaking news. They are phenomenal yes, at it. They yes. have tons of sources. There was a story that Sham Sharnia will not drive. He will hire somebody to drive him during like the peak of the offseason. So he can be on the phone. So he doesn't have to leave his phone. Right. And in case something comes in, he will hire a driver. That's okay. ridiculous. Sham Sharnia. And like there was a whole story on how Sham Sharnia's lifestyle is insane something i would never want even though trying he's at, to break everything oh, he's at like the height of the profession basically right would well, never want it because his life is insane because he's he's horrified to be off his phone he's like terrified to be like i think sometimes i'm like oh i don't want to be away from my phone but normally that's because oh i got 
an hour of Twitter to scroll through and catch up on. He's horrified to be away from his phone for like 45 seconds. So I have uh, I have a friend who works for a national company, and they have one of, one of their guys whose entire job is to just break news. When he he's told me stories like this guy misses something, and he'll throw a chair across the room and just be like, "You understand? This is my job. This is what I do." And it's just like, dude, how can you function day to day when you're just like, "I am worried about the Phillies utility man." <laughs> So when it comes to people that like Shams and Adrian Wojnarowski that break the news, great. A phenomenal asset to fans and media, right? They're going to break a ton of stories, and they're on it right away. When those types of people start to give opinions, be very skeptical or just don't listen to them because okay. their opinions yeah. are more likely than because not. Because they're getting it from the agents. Like Jared. Or the, the player. A guy throwing his chair. Their main currency is the relationships with the agents or the owners or the GMs, whoever it is. And so they're not going to say anything to upset that. So even if Sham Sharnia realizes, hey, this is ridiculous from Kevin Durant, and I'm going to say it out loud, he's still going to say it out loud. Well, he can't burn his source. Right, because his job relies on that agent or that player player. giving him information. All right, we got tickets to give away to go see Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie is coming to Vegas. Are you playing a Rob Zombie song? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't know. You could have played anything there, and I would have had no idea. Rob Zombie with Mudvayne and Power Man 5000 Saturday, August 13th at Michelob Ultra Arena. Is that Rob Zombie? Two tickets, 702-364-1100. If you want to go see Rob Zombie this weekend, we got a pair of tickets for you, 702-364-1100. We'll take caller number 11. Munsey drills one to right center field and deep. It's got a chance, and it is gone. Home run. Now Muncy continues to be red hot. He's got himself a six-game hitting streak. You're locked in the press box. Did you watch the Padres ninth inning yesterday? No. Oh. No. Do you know what happened in the Padres sure. ninth inning? He gave, I, he gave up a 4-1 lead, and then Manny Bleep and Machado hit a three-run walk-off. I played the highlight. So, first off, here's what I'm very confused about. Josh Hader apparently threw 21 pitches two days ago. And then yesterday, Bob Melvin left him in to throw 37 pitches in which he loaded the bases and walked in two runs and then gave up the third run to tie the game on a sack fly. And apparently the sack fly, if not for Profar, making a diving oh, catch. Oh, it's a diving catch. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, they, they win the game. Yeah, oh, yeah. So you were probably. You were a foot away from that being bouncing the past Profar and being three runs. Why the hell did he leave Josh Hader in for 37 pitches? After he hey. threw 21 the night before. Wish the, it was 57. That guy's thrown 58 pitches in two days. He's a starter now. He's going to have to be out for four <laughs> days. How are they? And he wasn't. It's not like he threw 37 pitches and he was good over the course of a couple innings. No. He sucked. And they left him in. He, ah, he, he'll work it out. He watched him walk in two runs. Did you watch it? I, I turned it on when Hader loaded the bases and they were still up by three runs. Before the catch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw all three runs come across the plate without a hit because Hater couldn't throw a strike. Oh, man. My buddy Ziegler from San Diego was laughing and texting me. He loved it. <laughs> loved every minute of it. until they, And then I said, it's okay, because I said, they're going to win in the bottom of the ninth. You know that. Right. And I didn't think they'd have a three-run walk-off, but I thought they'd like score a run. And, run and by game. the way, the home run, Machado crushed it. 
yeah, the little second, way. the little second deck they have out oh, there in yes. left field. No, that was into the second deck. Like this is like one of the farthest home runs that you've seen outside of the ones that go. Julio Rodriguez hit one into like the fourth row of that right, weird right. building in left field. That thing that's just the like metal randomly, company. I mean, yeah, there's a building with balconies. Yeah. He hit one like four stories yeah. up on that thing. Outside of that, uh, pretty yeah. far home run. I mean, outside of that show. kid from Hawaii the other day who hit it. Yeah, to did the you see street that in the Little League World Series. Yeah. I did not see that. Um, no, he didn't okay. just smoke it. It like there's the fence, there's a grassy knoll, there's a road. <laughs> and he he hit it. it past the road, <laughs> like, and he's as tall as the umpire. <laughs> did you bad. see the kid yesterday when the kid got hit in the head? What happened? I saw you had a, to see a that, million right? people tweet about it. I did not watch the video because you I you didn't watch the video. Two things I don't care about: Little League World Series and sportsmanship. Do not care about either one. <laughs> I mean, I agree with the So you disagree with the fact that you understand what the kid did. So you disagree with what he did. I do not. He, somebody got hit in the head. That's all the I know. The kid gets hit in the head. He's the okay. batter he got did, hit in the head? batter gets hit in the head. Hit his helmet. But it's his head, but it's his helmet. The kid got up pretty fast. He, you know, he was fine. He was jogging down like, are you okay? Are you okay? The kid who hit him starts crying. The pitcher. Oh. On the mound. The pitcher starts crying because he probably thought he, you know, you know, killed the kid. Um <laughs> So he's crying, and the kid at first base drops his helmet, goes over, gives the pitcher a hug, says, you're all right, man, you're doing a good job, you're doing great, don't worry about it, I'm fine. And then everyone comes out and, like, surrounds the pitcher because he's crying, and then the kid who hugged him, who got hit with the pitch, went ran back to first base and just stood there. You also got to remember, you're talking to the guy who doesn't like kids either, so. That's true. Kid getting hit in the head with a baseball. Now, oh, "Eh, okay, so. So had Shohei Otani hit someone in the head and started crying, Tyler would be like, this is one of the best moments I've ever seen in baseball. Because it it involves adults. It was an Astro, and he ran over and hugged him. No, I'd be like, that's weird. You're going to get tagged out. Get back on the base. What are you doing? Oh, wait, no. Dude, I think that there was would, a timeout. That would be the ultimate. Everyone's talking about it. It's just an excellent show of sportsmanship. Technically, he left the base path. He's right? out. We win. That's you must have seen say. that. I mean, the, the, the comments about sportsmanship were... Thousands across Twitter. Yeah, yeah, it happens every year in the Little League World Series. Some coach goes out after his pitcher just gave up 17 <laughs> runs, and he's like, "Oh, that's what I want to ask." You. Great job, Billy. Yeah, it's like, that, no, it wasn't. Bonnie he sucked. Bonnie, we're watching this uh, game last night at the house, and Bonnie's like, "The guy goes out, hey, just have some fun. Let's have <laughs> yeah, some fun. Right. Don't worry about it." And she's like, "You know, when the cameras and the yes. microphone's not on." He's like, what are you doing? Yes. Get back and catch the damn ball. That's the tough part with Little League is that all the coaches are mic'd up. So they can't (laughs) say what they want to say. He's like, I saw you in softball. There's no way this guy's going out and saying, hey, just let's just have some fun out here. I I what I do really wish, and this is from years of owning an indoor softball and baseball training facility, is I would like the parents of the two teams to have to sit next to each other, but like Okay, this is from one team, one team parents, the other team's parents, one team's parents, the other team parents. Oh yeah, just so like we just basically, oh cool, fist fight. Oh, with parents. Oh, oh, oh no, I witnessed that over the summer because I had to cover an event for my other job, and there were parents from both teams, and this was an exhibition game. This was to get the younger kids who are coming up to high school. So the high schools were playing each other, and the parents were just bickering at each other the entire game. <laughs> And, like, one lady started going, like, the guy's rooting on his kids, and the lady starts attacking him sarcastically. Is like, yeah, go ahead and root for him. You guys are down 12. If if Tyler was a parent, 
and his kid was like playing on something. Like they'd all be screaming. He'd be like, "Calm down, everyone. Let me show you the numbers." Yes. <laughs> and he'd, have, he'd have some huge That's epic a- book out of showing the numbers I, of why I Jimmy s- should not be pitching in the eight-year-old. Yes. I league. have said this multiple times. Thanks. We as a show need to sponsor a little yes. league team <laughs> and, and just have Tyler go out there and go. Look, man. Whatever he's going high and inside. You're getting to base, but I you you keep swinging it low and away. It's the that is the only argument for having a kid that I've heard that I actually might enjoy would be coaching them in sports. I don't, I don't know. Only if you one would I might enjoy. It. Oh, I'd enjoy it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Lose my mind oh. at things. Come up and be like, listen, his OPS <laughs> with no. two outs this year is terrible. Get and a it'd be, and it'd be coach gonna... pitch, and you'd be yeah. talking to the kid oh, who, doesn't even, who doesn't even throw the ball. You'd just be standing there like, what's OPS? It'd be phenomenal. My my best friend has a daughter who is going to have dual U.S.-Australian citizenship, and I can't wait until she's like 6'8 and choosing between the U.S. and Australia for basketball. It's going to be great.